bit me. Okay, so here's the thing: when you're when you when you call into you know Spectrum or something, and you're and you're you're on call, you're on you're on hold, right? Yep. So there's different things. Maybe there's some music playing. Um, maybe they they're interrupting you with ads. I think I know where you're going with this. Do you? Yeah. Can I take a guess? Yeah, please do. Because I feel like that's kind of fun, right? Um, a voice based text adventure game. Oh shit! So while you're waiting, you get to play a game, like a text. You know, there's lots of text adventure games. Like that's a real thing, right? A real genre of games. Yeah. And it just it starts reading you a story. And you know, oh, you're a you're a knight, and you are in a field, and you start walking around. Uh, which way do you want to go? <laughs> Head toward yeah. the castle, right? Yeah, I think uh, Alexa does does stuff like that. And have you tried yeah. that? Uh, I haven't tried that specifically. Okay. But, yeah. So that's definitely not where I was going with that. That's really <laughs> interesting, and I would like that. Um, well, what, well, and if you're calling into your uh, cable company, it could be based on. Um, you know, like Respect shows or proper properties that they maybe pay for, right? So sure. maybe they have rights to certain certain. Uh, you know, it could be like Harry Potter or something. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> so okay, my, go ahead and tell me what. Yeah, you're my thing was saying. gonna be way simpler than that. So okay, basically, it's just a gripe of mine. So is when you're on hold and there's music playing and that's fine. But then what they'll do is they'll they'll kind of cut to. A, some kind of automated commercial, right? And so it drives me insane because it sounds like somebody is picking up. It sounds mm. for I, I get this, and it's every like forty five seconds, so just enough time to lull back into this. Okay, I'm waiting. I'm cooking dinner. I'm doing something, and then I hear this sort of click, or you know, it starts switching over. You hear a human voice, and it sounds like somebody's picking up to help me and it's like disappointing every time um so so disappointing i mean i'm so disappointed it's just one of those little things but do do you get that does that like drive you insane like ah yeah um i think the ads in general are really stupid because you're most likely already paying um you know what i mean like you're not you're waiting to call to like set something up that you you're already you're already on board and i think they're they're trying to do like an upsell they're like well we've got a captive audience so we might as well tell them how they could pay us more um but i think it's kind of i don't know it seems like they're they're like creating a terrible experience for someone who's already giving them money and i think they should be somebody who might be a little frustrated right exactly and so totally that's why i think the text adventure game is better because you could it actually can you imagine if um if you're like getting like towards the end of a level maybe you yeah. just opened up a treasure chest and you're about to discover what the what the next item is and then all of a sudden the guy you know you picks in. up and he says hey yeah. how can i help you today and you're like no oh, no yeah can you just put me back in for five put minutes back. i just want to oh, know i just so need to know funny. what the item was that's definitely the problem with that oh yeah, that's but, so funny but isn't that the experience you want to create you want to create a a right. an experience on hold that is so compelling Right, that you Put forgot you were waiting, and you want to be on hold. Yeah, that's so funny. I, I, I mean, I, I really like where you're going with that, which is again, like it's like take it as don't take it as an opportunity to try to like, you know, for one out of every hundred people, maybe they will convert to the more expensive plan because you ran these ads, whereas forty people are now more pissed off. Right? It's like it just doesn't seem good strategically. Um, Whereas you should be focused on trying to create the best possible on hold experience. Even if for me, it's just like, just play the music, just play the music. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, be running errands or I'll have the, I'll have it on 
you know, I have it on speaker or something. I don't want to hear ads every 45 seconds for, for the reason that it's annoying, but it also, again, the music stops and it, and there's sort of these, like this triggering of this clip and it really does sound like somebody, Oh, is this it? Are they transferring me? And then it's, it's, it's like, Oh man. Um, okay. So I, so since our, our podcast is called brainstorm, uh, let me just throw this one out here. Okay. Um, what if when you get put on hold, you could, uh, select the genre that you want for your music? Uh, you know, press, press one for electronica, press two for country, press three for. That's a great idea. Dance. Why don't don't I do that? Seems so easy, right? Like you just press the button and then everybody can listen to what they want. That's a that's a really good idea. It's just it's simple, straightforward. Gives you a, a little sense of of choice. Mm-hmm. I like it. Personalization. Yeah, I like it. So I have so many things to talk about. There's no way we're going to get to. I have like three shows at least worth of stuff just kind of backed up. I don't even know where to begin. Um, so here, I just wanted to, I want to throw one thing out before, throw we get, it out. before we get too far into this. Um, I know for a fact that not a whole lot of people listen to this podcast. This is just, I want to be honest about it. I know sometimes we joke around and maybe people get confused because we're talking about the the huge listener base, the ins- insane weekly numbers that we're pulling in, right? But we, but really nobody listens. So if you're listening to this and you don't hate it, we're we're getting better. We are we're making strides. I think I don't think we're getting worse. That's for sure. Um, so if you kind of like it, just tell tell a friend about it. Tell somebody that you know who might also like the show or might also not hate the show. And maybe they'll listen to it and maybe a few more people will hear about it. Is that fair? Okay. That's very fair. Is that too much lo- to ask? No, I think that's reasonable. Okay. I hate, uh, I hate this kind of shit. So I know I'll just I know. leave I it like, at I'm that. Gonna, I was like, I'm going to sit back and let you do that. We'll leave it at that. I hate it. And I, you know, whatever. We'll. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. All right, cool. So, yeah, I mean, I, I we we haven't done this in a while. It's been a, it, I think about a month, maybe longer. I think about one month. It's been it's been a minute. Yeah. So there's been a natural backup of of topics and things. Um, you and I haven't even hung out in a long time either. So we have friendship things to catch up on. So many things. And uh, things have been very busy for me in terms of moving into a new house. I was just scrolling out on like a notepad, like all of the things that I want to talk to you about, each of which is at least like a half a show topic, right? Yep. Like I want to talk to you about like all the tech that my house came with. It came with like a camera system called Arlo. It came with like these door sensor things. I don't even know what kind those are. It comes with like a garage door that opens with an app. Um, there's There's all kinds of crazy stuff. And then even just like, I, I actually didn't even know 
there were there, like overstock existed. Like I'd heard of it, but I didn't really know what it was. Overstock. Or Wayfair. Yeah, Overstock yep. or Wayfair. And now that I'm like needing some furniture and stuff, I feel like that is something I, I kind of want to get into with you a little bit, uh, either on or off the air. And then we have all kinds of other stuff to talk about. We have the Magic Leap. Um, so I don't even know where to start. I mean, what do you, what do you want to talk about today? Uh, so one, I just wanted, I thought maybe we could knock out MoviePass a little bit. Oh uh, yeah. Just because we talked about it a few weeks back and then a bunch of MoviePass news dropped and I feel like we would be doing a disservice not to just do like a quick five minute follow up on, uh, kind of what happened with that, where they are now and what's yeah. going on. Is yeah. That- I mean, f- no, that's cool. And I mean, fill me in. I, I haven't, I haven't been up on that last couple of weeks, so I'm. I'm curious to hear. Okay, good. So, I mean, my, I mean, it's it's super quick, but my understanding now is they have um, stabilized on um, some new rules. So, last we talked about it, Movie Pass was kind of in flux, and they were going through a bunch of changes. And I think we just need to go back real quickly and say, you know, talk about what Movie Pass is now. It seems like they've kind of settled on a new strategy that. You know, there hasn't been a ton of news, so maybe it's working. No news is good news kind of feeling. So right now the the rule is or the, the way this service works is that for nine ninety five a month, so for ten bucks a month, mm-hmm. you can see ten movies per month. Ten. Oh sorry. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you can see three movies per month. Okay. So ten ten dollars for three movies. Is that good? I don't That's know. That is it's interesting. It is a it's it's a much more extreme limitation than where they were before, right? They well, were at unlimited yeah. movies at first for the same price, right? For $10 a month. Yeah, but it was super limited, right? So, so yeah. let me ask you this. Do you know, for the three movies, is it any movies? Like, no rules about, like, opening weekend for blockbusters and things like that? Restrictions? Mm, okay, choose from... I'm reading just off their site, so, yeah. so this is factually accurate. Uh, choose from a rotating select number of films daily uh, accessible via our online schedule. So okay. they are showing what movies are available on which days. So it's, it is very specific. Like uh, these are the 10 movies you can see today. Okay. I don't like that because yeah. it, it's, it's closer to what I think is reasonable. Like I, I wouldn't mind seeing, I would not mind paying for that if it was any three movies Per month, right? Um, but if they're if they're making you pick, it's just the same problem that it was before, which is that they're gonna exclude blockbusters. They're gonna exclude things when they're coming out, and I I get why that's sort of cost effective for them. But again, it yep. just kind of sucks a lot of the fun out of it for so me. It, so it doesn't look like they're necessarily. I mean, it's hard to tell here, but for example, like Crazy Rich Asians is it the like kind of big blockbuster right now, right? Um, so you could see that I'm looking at yesterday's lineup. You could have seen it yesterday, um, but you cannot see it today, but you can see it tomorrow. Mm. So they're kind of, it looks like they're kind of alternating and switching in and out just to keep a limit on the thing. So like Saturday, it's crazy. Rich Asians is not available. Sunday, it's not available. Um, it looks like they might have phased it out by then. So, oh no. And then it's back next Wednesday. So I think that's what they're doing is they're putting the, they're making it so you can't see the best movies on the weekend, which is pretty shitty. I, I would say so. Like that, that to me, it's like it's the same problem that I had last time when I when I sort of left the service, and that was even when it was still unlimited. 
um, but it was very restricted and it just took sucked a lot of the fun out of it for me when I was like, oh, well, yeah, let me like pop over and see a movie. And th- then it turns out you can't. And it's just yeah. a, it's like, well, why do I even have it kind of thing? And you have to kind of work your schedule around. And it's like I'd, I, at that point, I'd rather just pay the full price and have the freedom. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see how restricting it by day is a mm-hmm. lot more helpful than by time slot, which is kind of what they were doing before. Yeah, that's um, fair. It's it's a lot easier to say, okay, well, I can't see this movie. I want to see is only available on Wednesdays, so let me clear my schedule and know that I'm just going to go see it Wednesday night, right? I think that's right. manageable, especially if if it's only if you're seeing three a month, and if you have that limit, you know you're probably going to make a point to see three movies a month to make your to make it worth your time, right? So yeah. you're looking at you know three dollars and thirty three cents per movie. So seeing a movie for for three dollars and change on a Wednesday. That sounds okay to me. I mean, it's a good, it's a good bargain. But again, it's like, and and obviously we're, you know, we're specific people with, you know, that, that those cost savings mean different things to different people, right? So to me, it's like it, that's that's just not justifiable to sort of have to, uh, I don't know, switch your schedule around and kind of cross your fingers and hope that that movie you want to see is available on the day when you're actually available, right? Yeah, some you have to t- you have to plan it a little bit. It's not a yeah. spontaneous event, which I don't know. To me, seeing a movie, it, there's always some planning involved anyway. I'm not a spontaneous yeah. movie watcher anyway, but some people are, and this is uh, probably a lot of their potential audience would be. I would guess. So yeah. I think I think they're probably going to struggle with this, if only just because it's it's kind of annoying. Well, I will be very curious to see how this goes. Just like any change they make, it's sort it's kind of addicting to see like how they respond to it, how people respond to it. I wish we had insight into how, like, the numbers, the, the data that they have about, you know, subscription numbers and how what the drop-off and reaction is like to all the changes they made. Because I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really sure how people will, will react to this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I'm looking through their FAQ, and it looks like they might still have peak pricing. So that's not great either. Really? Unless they're not... Unless they're not updating their FAQ, maybe this is old, but yeah. Um, so it's I think huh. at, at the very least it's still confusing. I mean, so if that's not peak great. Pricing that just throws it all out the window. Like it doesn't yeah. even really become cost effective because exactly. I, I think the surge pricing, at least it used to be, it was like an additional four dollars or something. And so when you're talking about like a movie ticket being like, I don't know nationally what the average is like nine dollars like it maybe eight uh, um but when you if you're paying 10 bucks a month so you know what like what you said three dollars 33 cents per per movie on top of the surge charge you're saving like a dollar and change it's like it's it's just not worth it at all yeah so that's interesting okay we'll uh we'll see if this goes anywhere but i'm not okay. holding my breath at this point yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. I, I'm. I'm. Re- I actually am very curious to see how this just this company does. Like, if it's gonna be, if it's gonna go under, and it'll be kind of one of these fad jokes, you know, we refer back to, or if it's something that is actually gonna succeed and become entrenched and just a another one of those companies that just is kind of commonplace. Yep. Hmm. Well. Cool. Um. Yeah. So I just like I said, a lot of changes recently and. I moved into a house um, 
I guess last last Monday. It's kind of hard to keep track of time, but um, one of the things I've had to do is fill some of the space out and get some uh, some new furniture. And it, it's a very it's it's a very interesting topic to me because I have never really had furniture that is nice by any means. I mean, the nicest furniture I've ever had is like from IKEA or something, and so. It's it's an interesting topic to me because for a de- for a decent couch like a really good quality couch I mean you could spend up to like three thousand dollars on it uh, or or maybe like two to three thousand dollars and yep. it's just it's just insane to me because it's like you could buy like a used Honda Civic for that much right and so huh. it, it it's really kind of incredible and then my sister uh, put me on overstock and wayfair and that was just a whole new world for me and i know that most people probably know <laughs> what those are and are familiar with them uh, but why don't do you want to just give a quick overview of what they are um yeah so i mean my understanding of how these things work is that um like a, well okay so the, i guess there's two parts to this first part is that um these furniture companies will end up with too much inventory and they need a way to kind of liquidate their inventory without um without feeling like a sale brand like when it Mm -hmm. is a an expensive product or you know if you're selling three thousand dollar couches and your margins on this product are you know 30 percent and you're making a thousand dollars profit you can't just all of a sudden start selling these extra ones for way cheaper because then you kind of devalue your brand and you make people you know you'll give the perception that you're overcharging or that um, people who bought at full price will feel bad about buying what they bought. So my understanding right. is that they have these partnerships with Overstock and or Overstock will buy like a large portion of these and then resell them at a, at a cheaper cost um, for that reason. The second, right. the second point I was going to make is that a lot of these, um, a lot of furniture, my understanding is that it is kind of the same product sold by a lot of different companies yeah, and just kind of rebranded and reboxed to be that brand. So you might find something at West Elm that's $3,000 and you might find something from Target that is, you know, $1,000 or $500, right? And it might actually be the same product. I don't know if tar- Target might be a little extreme, but there yeah. are basically these the same exact product made from the same manufacturer is just being resold and rebranded from different companies. So if Overstock or these other companies can kind of get a hold of these, they can potentially sell them at lower margins yeah is that fair? wow that's no i think that's very fair that's a really good description and um it's kind of amazing and addicting to to kind of click around and look at this different stuff i mean i've obviously gotten used to the convenience of kind of online shopping and whatnot um but it is interesting you know somebody suggested something to me that i haven't tried yet but he said you could actually if you like something on overstock you know, to to click on the image for it, save a couple of the images, and what you can do is you can do a reverse image search on Google, and you can find that on other sites. So you may, it's a way to kind of check and see that you may find that item uh, on Wayfair for for a cheaper price because it'll match the same photo, right? So it's just yep. kind of an interesting little trick that I'm definitely going to to try. Um, but it is. It, it it also kind of drives you insane because you're like, when you find something on a site, you're like, well, is it cheaper somewhere else? Is this actually a good 
value. Um, there's also this question, and I get into this with my brother a lot about like, okay, would you rather have something from like Ikea or, or some of the stuff from Overstock that's a little more affordable, which is more, you know, like for like a TV console or a coffee table, obviously it's going to be a little bit less lower quality. It's more like, you know, particle board, or, you know, it's going to be some reclaimed wood. That's not just as good a quality as more expensive items. Right. And so the question is like, would you prefer something new that's maybe a little bit lower quality, or would you prefer something like searching on Craigslist for something that is made of like really high quality wood or something, but is a little bit beat up. So it's just kind of this kind of interesting dilemma for me but it's like you know what do you what do you go for do you right yeah or i guess the third option i mean there's a plethora of options but a a third option would be you know do you want to spend the money and get something nicer that might potentially last longer right more of an investment right yep Um, exactly which i don't know i feel like we we thought we were out of our ikea phase for a while yeah. Um, and we were like, yeah, we can afford real stuff. But then we started just, I think, thinking about the actual value of these things and, uh-huh. you know, not, I don't know. I'm not, um, I'm not one to really be attached to stuff forever. I kind of like, um, changing things up and getting yeah. something new. So to me to, to buy a coffee table for $500 and say, this is the coffee table. And now I don't ever need to buy a new coffee table is actually not a great idea to me because I'd rather get a new coffee table in a few years and maybe sell this one on Craigslist, right? And kind of um, be on the other side of that and be able to get something new. And, and yeah. you know, maybe maybe your needs change as you, you know, like you have more remote controls that you need to store in a storage thing. Or you have, you know, as things in your house change, um, you know, you move to a new house and it something doesn't fit anymore, right? right. It's, or it doesn't match the color of the floor. And you're not going to, you know, rip out the floor. So you have to get a new thing, right? So I kind of lean towards you know, going a little cheaper and getting something that, you know, you're going to replace. Wow. I'm so glad you said that. Cause that's, you, I feel like you articulated very, very succinctly some of what I've been thinking and not in a uh, combative way, but kind of arguing with my brother about a little bit. Cause he's very much on the other side of the fence. And I'm, I really like that idea of, you know, I don't necessarily, especially not every single item is something I'm going to want to have for, or need to invest in to have for 10, 15 years, obviously some items that may be, but another factor is like, well, I can't buy like the nicest of everything. And that's something that I think does get kind of addicting when you're, you're like, it's, it's tempting to buy the nice version of everything, but it's just not, it's not realistic and it's probably not even necessary, right? There's some things that's like, yeah, that's, that looks nice. It's good enough. Maybe it will break down after three years or, or show scuffs a little bit more clearly. Um, but you can, yeah, you can sell it on Craigslist for 50 bucks and then replace it for something new. And in three years, your, you know, your finances are going to be different too. So it, it hopefully for the better. And, (laughs) and, uh, I just, I like that idea. So I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if we need to be like giving advice to people on how to buy furniture, but, um, yeah, you know, that's what's worked for us. I, I think another thing is that we have some nice furniture and it also gets scuffed and damaged as well. And you kind of feel worse knowing that you have something expensive that you have kind of is kind of getting damaged over time. Um, and yeah. it's kind of nicer to know that maybe you have something in the middle of the road um, that is going to be replaced anyway. Yeah, that's a fair point. So did you have anything, any topics you were like really excited to talk about today? 
So a couple episodes ago, I don't even know, because we kind of release them out of order because we're mm-hmm. really awesome at this whole podcast thing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, some number of episodes ago, we talked about uh, Magic Leap and kind of, I don't know, we were kind of down on it and how, um, I don't know, how ugly it was and how kind of terrible it was. And I don't know if we even were called this out, but, you know, we've since learned that the product that we were talking about, the Magic Leap 1, is actually a dev kit and it's not mm-hmm. meant to be a shipping final product. It is a kind of a, I don't know, tool for developers to use to build apps and build software and experiment with, kind of get a feel for it. And then presumably a production consumer version will come out that is a little more, I don't know, hopefully a little more visually appealing and, mm-hmm. and more subtle on the face. Um, may may or may not be the case, but what's awesome about this is that Ben, you actually got a chance to use this, this dev kit. So why don't you tell us about that? I'd love to. So just for you guys who don't know, or didn't hear that episode, the magic leap one is, uh, basically a set of augmented reality goggles or, you know, glasses, headset kind of thing. Um, it wears kind of like a halo. So, uh, I, I highly recommend you Google it cause it's, it's pretty silly looking. Um, but it's sort of, it's almost this, the crown that you kind of place very, actually, you actually have to have to place it very gingerly on your head in a specific way because a, cu- a couple of the components are very, uh, sensitive, I guess. So they, they, they insist you sort of put it on, uh, in a specific way, but, um, basically it's, it's a set of augmented reality goggles where you can, see through them and that you can see the room around you and uh there's sort of an inner there's an interface that is overlaid on top of it so yes i uh, are the company i work for we recently got one of these dev kits i think there's the one of 800 right now and um the the our our ceo who bought it personally he had to go through a two-hour orientation uh in person uh, which was really funny because he was thinking, oh, there's a two-hour window where they'll drop it off. But it was like, no, no, no. It was actually like for two hours, they kind of walked through how it works. And, and I, I'm, I'm not even sure the exactly all they went through. But um, I did get a chance to try it on. And so just to give you an idea, again, there's sort of this this halo or crown you put on your head that, that has the, the goggles on it. And then it uh, there's kind of a wire that leads down to what looks like um it looks like a uh um an an echo dot so that a little disc that that you can kind of clip onto a pocket or the or your jeans or something like that and that's the computer itself um so it does get a little hot and it uh it you you the hot piece is kind of on the outside of your pants obviously um but basically there's not a lot for this right now, right? This is this just came out as a dev kit, so I'll I'll explain the the two things I was able to do with it. The first thing is this sort of orient. Uh, what would I call it? Um, it, it, it gets configured, right? So it, so it has to get familiar familiar with your surroundings, just like with any augmented reality app. So you you basically have to look around a room, and and there's sort of this tron like grid that's overlaid on top of it you can so you can really see how it's scanning the area and it's it's pretty cool um and there'll be these little icons that appear that indicate oh well hey you need to look over here for uh three seconds while like a circle kind of almost like a loading circle um completes around the object meaning hey you need to look over here we haven't figured out what this area is yet 
And so you, you're, you're kind of constantly looking around for these little icons so that it can finish scanning the area. Um, so it's cool that you can actually see like the boundaries of the area. It's, it's sort of getting set up. Um, it does take a while. Like it, it definitely takes a handful, like a few minutes at least. Um, and it's a little clunky and derpy. Like it's not, a, um, like there was a point where I thought I was like, okay, it looks like I've scanned everything. Like it's still not, doesn't seem like it's complete. Um, but once you do get that set up, um, there's really, <laughs> there's really only a couple things I was able to do. So one of the things is there's this little, you have a little controller in one of your hands, just like you would have for like, um, a Nintendo, Sw- uh, Wii basically. Um, and so you can pull objects off of an interface, which is like floating a little menu that's kind of floating in the air. And so you can pull objects off and place them around. So you could like, you can spray paint, uh, like, you know, a pillar and if in the room, or you can place objects. So one of my first experiences was I was pulling these little objects off this menu. So like a, a little square digital hamburger, right. Or a little piece of cake and you can toss it somewhere. And so I just tossed it on the table and it, it literally toppled over right on the table. And it's like, duh, that's, that's what it's supposed to do. But it really, it really was kind of amazing. Be just, just how realistic it looked. Um, it was like a digital asset. So it's not like the hamburger looked like a real hamburger, but it looked like it was in this world. Like it looked like it was actually sitting there on the table. Um, so it was, it was pretty cool. Like I started getting, you know, excited about it. Um, I was hoping there would be like, supposedly there's some game that's coming soon. That's like little aliens kind of pop out and I assume you like shoot them or something like that. And so I was really excited to try that and it, and it just had a coming soon, uh, little icon over it. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is, uh, Wayfair does have an app for this. And so, we were just talking about Wayfair and Overstock. And so what you can do, and some of you are probably familiar with, there are other virtual reality, augmented reality apps that do this on your phone, but it was really cool. You could actually pull certain items, um, again, like off of like a web browser that's kind of floating in the air and you can place them in the, in the room you're in. And so it was really cool. You could see how useful it would be because just like the piece of cake, it really looked realistic. It really looked like it was there. And so the thing that stood out to me the most was just the realism of the objects that are actually that you're placing in in the environment. Super cool. Um, I have a few questions. Um, What is the uh, field of view like? Like how, how wide into your peripherals can you see? Does that make sense? Um, they're pretty pretty wide. Yeah, because uh, I think that that's yeah. been some of the like the bigger criticism with like the Microsoft Hololens, for example, mm-hmm. is that you can only really see. You kind of feel like you're looking through a window, in a way. Oh, like yeah. the, you know, if you kind of glance to the left or right, you, you know, without turning your head, right, you can't really see anything out of it. It's only really in the center of your view. So I'm I'm curious how that was. There was some of that. I know what you, now that I heard you say that, like, I, I know what you're talking about. Like, it'd be the kind of thing where, again, there's sort of this hovering menu. Uh, maybe it's like the top left of your vision. And if you look down, you, the, the, you'll see the menu start to get cut off, right? And, yeah. And, and your peripheral. So it, it, that is a thing. 
Um, again, it's like I didn't do very much with this this device in general, so it's I didn't it wasn't something I really noticed and was like, oh, that's that's awful. But it might be if you were really immersed in an experience like a you know playing a game or something where you're that might become really frustrating or could be a real barrier to immersion. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of think about like when you're playing a you know first person shooter or something on a TV. Um, if you're getting shot from the side, you know, you know, it shows that little like red line yeah. that's saying, Hey, you're getting shot from the right. And then you have to turn to see the thing. It's, it's that kind of thing. Right. And it kind of, yeah. I think it really does break the illusion a lot of times to be like, Oh, this is a real couch, but I'm literally only seeing half of it. So it can't right. quite be a real couch. Right. And then as you turn your head, the rest of it comes in and it kind of, kind of becomes obvious. Yeah. That, that makes sense. And- so, the, the other thing I'll say, it's funny. They only they recommend you only use it for 40 minutes uh, at a time or 40 minutes a day even because oh, wow. it's like blasting photons in your eye and they don't know what it does yet. Oh, good. Perfect. Um, <laughs> so, the other thing I was going to ask is that it's interesting to me that it does have that little kind of computer puck that attaches to your to your hip or whatever. Yeah, right. Um, especially because the the device itself is so large. I'm surprised that more of it, I mean, I know we joked Uh, last time about, you know, if you had to wear a backpack or something, but I, I think I would honestly prefer either a backpack or a fanny pack or (sighs) a belt. I don't know, some kind of thing, like put, get the kind of bulkiness off of my head and somewhere else and allow the part that's actually on your face to be as small as possible. And I know this is a dev kit, so maybe, maybe they're working towards that or something, or maybe they're working towards not having the kind of you know hip pack uh altogether which i guess would would make sense as well but i don't know to me just from a product design standpoint it seems like if you're going to have if you have to have this hip uh component you yeah. might as well put as much as you can in that part and really minimize the part up top um but i don't know i don't know what's going on inside there and where the sensors are and what it what it actually needs right so one thing i will say is that the crown it's it's actually very light it's okay. not heavy and so I think the idea is that that will get smaller in size as they go. And hopefully they do somehow find a design that is a little bit more appetizing to look at. Um, but that's one thing I did have to call out um, is that it was very light on your head. It's not this big, heavy thing. And obviously the more kind of tech you put up there it could get very hot and um, would would be problematic. But I, I agree with you. I mean, I think the the puck is not very heavy or anything either it's just i think it's essentially like an android phone right like i mean yeah in a puck form like that's basically what it is so um if they could get that size down i think it would be like the 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 puck itself that would be a non-factor no matter where you put it I, i think it would be not a concern because it's not heavy either and i it does get a little hot after use because it's you know it's a little computer um but it's it didn't feel cumbersome when i was using it it wasn't like a huge distraction i'll say that that's cool i mean i think uh there's probably not too much more we can go into since yeah. you know like you said the the uh, experiences you actually were able to use are not that in depth but um just in general like what do you what are your thoughts now after using this and you kind of touched on it but maybe elaborate a little more like what what are your thoughts on like the state of ar and yeah. is this is this like more of a serious thing now that you've kind of seen it in action yeah, so that's a really good question. So my experience, and I talked about this when we did our our show on AR and augmented reality, I'm kind of, it's interesting because I haven't done a lot of virtual reality over the past years. So 
I've been kind of waiting purposefully for it to get good, and I am ready to kind of dive in a little bit more. But there were moments when I was wearing it again where I was kind of blown away, thinking like, "Wow, okay, this is this is gonna be a big deal." You know, whether it's this device or it's the next one or it's you know, three years or five years or ten years, and you know, my my sister is uh, having a baby today, and another you know one thing I've been thinking about leading up to this is when, just because again this uh i would just tried this device the other day i was thinking man this is going to be an interesting world that you know when her when her daughter is a teenager or something augmented reality is going to be everywhere and it's going to be amazing because when i tried this device it really was amazing you couldn't do a lot but you could you could again like this little digital piece of cake it it really did look like it i had dropped it onto this this table that it was part of the room i was in um so that sounds like a little thing but the sort of realism to that was what really struck me and yes i i i'm (laughs) i'm once we start developing more apps for this once it gets start getting smaller more affordable more commonplace um this is going to be a huge part of the future and again it's like how long is it going to take? I, I couldn't tell you or even guess, but it's going to be a huge deal. And I, I don't know what all the implications of that are. We talked about some of that stuff in our our previous show, but it, it, there were moments where I was kind of awestruck uh, just at how how good it looked. Yeah. So you you mentioned the um, that it wasn't like a photorealistic asset. It was kind right. of a digital, I don't know, cell-based or cartoon-almost-looking yeah. type assets. Do you do you get the feeling that that was a limitation on the rendering hardware, like the little, you know, the phone GPU, mm-hmm. or is that a limitation on the display? Um, do you, you know, like, yeah. why are they doing a kind of a cartoon thing, and do you think, uh, like, a f- more photorealistic thing would even be possible? That's a really good question. Um, the it, it definitely had a, a Wii vibe to it, right? A Nintendo Wii vibe in terms of yeah. just the sort of the design style. So, you know, everything was kind of cute and fluffy and like that was just – that was the design. You know, whether that part of the reason for that design was a limitation of, of you know, processing and whatnot um, could could very well be. Um, but – so I, I can't really speculate on that. Um, but it was – despite the fact that it was again a bit cartoonish and was very clearly not a real piece of cake it it was interesting to see this digital asset thrown into this real world that i can only describe as looking realistic even though the asset itself was not realistic right it seems it seems like it must have the ability to have very realistic shadows and lighting so there is you know, because that's what's going to create that illusion, right? Is mm-hmm. it's casting a shadow or a certain, you know, if if a certain color object is nearby, it might be reflecting that color of light onto the object. Like those are some mm-hmm. of the tricks that make for it to feel like it sits in the in the environment. Yeah, um, and to me, that requires some fairly advanced processing. So it's kind of curious that they are using those kind of cute things. But I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's something to be said for. Um, keeping it playful and keeping it fun, especially when things are starting out to keep uh, people a little more excited and focused on the fun part of it. I don't know. I don't know either. And I, I, I couldn't say 
I'll be curious to next time I try it to look for those things, you know, the shadows and things like that. I mean, what I can say was, which again, may be obvious and, and may already exist in some other augmented reality apps you can use on your phone, but it really respected the, the, the sort of the boundary of the table that I kind of threw it on. It really, it looked like it was sitting cleanly on top of it. Um, it, it that was, I think for me, something that, that impressed me and that, like that obviously is something that's getting better and better. Um, but it, it seemed to be respecting the environment, uh, around, around me. Right. Yeah. I'm seeing, I'm seeing that more and more lately with these AR apps. That's kind of the, um, I don't know. The the next step is like occlusion when something, when you throw something out and then something in the real world goes in between it. So it actually has to, uh, erase part of the object to pretend like it's going behind. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because the, like the the actual representation of like that piece of cake, for example, is right next to your eyes, right? It's on the screen. It is the closest thing towards you. So if something needs to go in between you and where the cake is represented, it actually has to erase the cake around the shape of whatever is covering it. So it's very difficult. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, you know, it yeah. does. And like, so it's hard to the... describe, but yeah, and like the the game that it appears that it's you know the com- the one that's coming soon, I think it's called like Alien Invaders or something, right? And I can only assume it's going to be these little aliens that kind of pop out behind objects and and try to shoot at you, and you already have your little you know your little laser gun, um, and so obviously that needs to be very tight, uh, th- that effect for them to be able to kind of understand that yes, this is, this is a pillar. And it's pop; they're popping out behind it. And as I said, um, maybe that's obviously there's a lot of upfront work right now in terms of you, you getting the orientation set and walking around the room and the the equipment really getting a very good feel for the boundaries and the the, the assets in the in the room, um, which is obviously necessary at this point. Yeah, super interesting. Yep. So I'm I'm curious to keep trying it, and it's if anything, it's 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 um piqued my interest to to even go and try out some of the newer virtual reality stuff because that's that's other things that I haven't done a lot of, and I'm I'm curious to kind of get into it now. Now that I've seen uh, some of what is possible and and some of the things that impressed me, I'm curious to go, kind of go back to virtual reality and just see what's happening in that world. Yeah cool stuff um yeah you'll have to report back when you've uh tried a few more things okay cool um yeah good stuff good stuff cool Okay, so remind me where we were. Skrrp.
Um, <laughs> Record scratch. Yeah. God damn it. That's the best I can do. Um, 